running for the touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Josh Jacobs. Welcome to the JT The Brick Show. Always exciting to play at home. We all want to play at home, and this is an unbelievable venue to play at. It's time for the JT The Brick Show. On a personal level for me, I, I just we can't wait to get to game day, right? We can't wait to get on the grass. JT The Brick. Cars up underneath James. Going to fire quickly. Jackpot, baby. Touchdown, Raiders. On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your host, JT The Brick. Yes, on a perfect day in Vegas, JT, from noon to 2. Thanks for listening on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. And the Raiders mobile app. We are thrilled to be here today as we are covering the timeline of the Raiders looking to hire a GM and the decision they'll make on a coach coming up here uh, not a lot of news, just interviews going on. We'll dive into that throughout the show. Any opinions you want to have. Not many people have opinions because the Raiders have been really hush-hush on what's happening, even to their insiders, the people around the organization like myself, people in and outside the building. This is tight. This is really tight, and they don't seem to be in a rush. We're brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, your home for the Vegas Golden Knights, where you get an opportunity, an early start today, 4 p.m., as they are interesting game at the Panthers, a game that they need to win here. We're going to be talking more about the Golden Knights. I think this is a Stanley Cup run. I really believe it is. They built an all-star team. This is an all-star team with no Marc-Andre Fleury. Could that come back to haunt them in the long run? They have one of the deepest rosters in all of hockey, and they got to win. So this is not about getting to the semis of the conference. This is not about – this is about winning the cup. So more and more hockey here in town as, the, as we get closer to more important hockey uh, coming up here in the cup upcoming weeks with the schedule and how it's being manipulated by the NHL as we're still in COVID to get these games in. Before the postseason, the Olympics and the lack of hockey now in the Olympics – what a mess the Olympics are. I mean, the Olympic Games in the wintertime, big, big part of our youth. I mean, you don't have to be a fan year-round of figure skating, but it's so dramatic at the Olympics. And all the other Olympic sports, the skiing, everything that we've grown to love in our lifetime here, but the fact that it's in Beijing and the COVID restrictions are so hard there, we're not even sending our broadcasters over there to cover it. Everything's going to be done out of studio. Uh, that's a side note story. But I just wanted to bring that up. So the Raiders interviewing Todd Bowles flew out yesterday, here today for the interview. That's a big deal because he's an accomplished name. A lot of people around the league think that Todd Bowles is the type of coach that you can bring. Anybody could hire him. Anybody could hire him and it'd be a good hire. But would it be an upgrade from Rich Passaccia, who did a really good job with the Raiders getting him to the playoffs? So that is a topic that people have different opinions on here. I'll wait until they make the decision, as Mark Davis has hunkered down in Henderson, on what they're going to do. And then the GM the GM list continues to grow as Vinny Bonsignor has a cover story here at the top fold of the Las Vegas Review-Journal as this list continues to grow, and we're trying to figure out who are the best candidates for the GM position. That's the one that I think is so important. Because when Mark Davis makes that decision, it's clearly going to be the direction of the franchise going forward. Like the Giants just hand, uh, signed and went out and got a GM who has no power right out of the gate. The owners yesterday said we're going to go back with Daniel Jones, a quarterback, during the introductory press conference for the GM. 
and it almost broke the internet in New York. Everybody's saying, what the hell is that all about? No, the GM's going to evaluate Daniel Jones, and if he's any good, he'll keep him or not. But when you hire someone and you tell them they can't do something, when you hire someone and you say right out of the gate, you're not able to do blank because you don't have enough power, then usually just desperate people who want jobs want to fill those roles. People with power have to be the type of people that can get along with the whole organization, players, everybody in the building. And if a GM doesn't have all the power, like Mike Mayock didn't have, with John Gruden, he's got to be able to handle that role and stay professional, which is what Mike Mayock seemed to have done. He did that along the way. So for the Raiders going forward with this GM search, now it's go time because today there's a lot of news on coaches getting hired. So there's not a lot of room left for a lot of teams that don't have a GM or a head coach to continue to take their time. I like that the Raiders are doing it this way. It shows Mark Davis's commitment to be thorough and to try to get it right. But earlier today, Ian Rappaport with the breaking news on what's happening with Denver as Denver goes to Green Bay to get their new head coach. Well, this, I wouldn't say this started this morning. This actually started a couple of days ago when Nathaniel Hackett interviewed with the Denver Broncos the second time. They really liked him. I know that he was the clear leader in the clubhouse and they wanted to hire him. It was just really just a matter of, were they going to wait a couple of days, maybe talk to Dan Quinn, maybe talk to Kevin O'Connell. There was no urgency. And then Nathaniel Hackett booked a flight to go see the Jacksonville Jaguars for a second time. And at that point, it was like, okay, here's some urgency. The Denver Broncos did what they really wanted to do a couple days ago, which was move to hire him. Made an offer around midnight last night, and his colleague Tom Pelissero brought uh, us this morning. They arrived at a deal, a done deal. Nathaniel Hackett is the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. And uh, then, of course, the question is, who does he hire? A couple names to watch as far as his coordinators. Ejiro Everett from the Rams, who was actually was a finalist for the Packers. Potentially his defensive coordinator, then Adam Stanovich uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Their offensive line coach, I know, is going to get a request in about potentially OC. So all of that being said, of course, this will do nothing to fuel the rumors about Aaron Rodgers possibly going to Denver. All right, so that's a big topic today. It's a huge topic, and we need to talk about it on the flagship of the Raiders. This is the biggest topic out West, is the ability, and I've told you about this for weeks. I've been telling you on this air about Nathaniel Hackett being the move to go get Aaron Rodgers. If Denver gets Aaron Rodgers, just call the fire department, turn on the alarms, and it's a it's a bad day in Raider Nation, period. I'm not saying that the Raiders aren't going to get a great GM, make their decision on the coach, trade for someone, do something big. Raiders won 10 games last year. There is no scenario that is positive with Aaron Rodgers going to Denver. Let me repeat. There is no scenario that is positive for the Raiders if Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver, period. And we're all going to have to put on our big boy pants and deal with that if it happens. So Denver made the first move, which Nathaniel Hackett is probably a good coach. The Paul Hackett family, the, the experience in the league, the connections around the league. I got nothing bad to say about Nathaniel Hackett. And that name's been out there for a while. And how he comes over from Green Bay. He comes over from Green Bay as the understudy. This is the head coach in Denver. Follow me here. He is the understudy of the quarterback in Green Bay. So you remember when Aaron Rodgers came to Green Bay and the history of that move and Ron Wolf and before that Brett Favre and what, what, Reggie McKenzie 
right, friend of the show, Reggie, everybody in Green Bay. It was from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers. We had on yesterday Andrew Brandt, who was a big-wig executive at that time. So now Aaron Rodgers becomes a much bigger piece to Denver doesn't care who their quarterback is, uh, who their coach is. They just had Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio, widely considered a hell of a football coach in this league. Highly considered a very good coach. A matter of fact, I spoke to a coach recently who said, if Vic Fangio had a quarterback, we'd be talking about him as a great coach, as a head coach. He didn't have a quarterback. They went with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, and he lost his job for that. One of the things I also own that I said first is Vic Fangio lost his job because he got swept by the Raiders back-to-back years. Oh, that bothers Denver when I say that. It's fact. It's not fiction. If, if, if he would have split with the Raiders, he would have kept his job. So the Raiders had everything to do with Vic Fangio getting fired. Now they bring in Nathaniel Hackett. He is there as the recruiter for Aaron Rodgers. Now, why do you need a recruiter for Aaron Rodgers? Because a lot of people think Aaron Rodgers is nuts. The guy's crazy. Getting engaged, breaking up with all these women. He doesn't talk to his brother. He talks about this. He's immunized. He's not vaccinated. He's the king of the anti-vaxxers. He is when it comes to the NFL. Sorry, he's a lot better than Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins. And all of them are not vaccinated. And the majority of everybody in the NFL is vaccinated. So with all that being said, Aaron Rodgers needs to be recruited to the Denver Broncos. Maybe lightly. Maybe he needs a big push. I have no idea, neither do you. But they made the first move. They brought in Nathaniel Hackett, and the whole reason they brought him in is not this vision of an offense. No, the visionaries on offense are coaching this weekend. Let me tell you a few of their names. Eric Bieniemy and Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, and Sean McVay. Those are the visionaries when it comes to offense in this league. And those are the young guns and the coaches that everybody's looking at saying, how do I get that playbook in my room? They didn't wake up in Denver and say, how do we get Nathaniel Hackett to Denver because of that playbook? The playbook isn't his. The playbook is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers drew up all those plays. Aaron Rodgers was the guy in the meetings with Nathaniel Hackett saying, no, 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 I don't like that. I want Devontae lined up three yards closer to me. I want that guy to go in motion because I see the field better when that happens. So if Aaron Rodgers wants to go to Denver, this is the reason why. His playbook gets installed in the offseason. Now, as let's, let's move to Derek Carr. My brother went on radio yesterday, which is fine. Derek Carr has had to absorb the John Gruden playbook for now many years, and it is deep. It is, it's got depth, man. It's like the bottom of the ocean. Gruden's got every play that he drew up, every quirk with every play, and Derek has had to spend countless hours with that playbook. If Derek ended up leaving the Raiders and going somewhere else like New Orleans, or if he ended up in Green Bay, or if he went to Cleveland, Derek wouldn't be bringing his playbook with him. That's the John Gruden playbook. He would be going to a new team, and they would be installing their offense, and Derek would have to pick it up. If Derek stays here in Las Vegas, which most of us believe will happen, the principles of that playbook of John Gruden will still be instituted with Derek Carr, but if there's a new offensive head coach... He's going to have his wrinkles to all of that. So I want to know as I open up the show today, because it's not hard for me coming up with topics. This, to me, is a really big topic today. Today we found the first chess piece move. 
if you follow chess, if you play chess, I play chess, I'm not great at it. I'm not even very good at it. But when you play chess, there's a move early in the match that could sink you. Sink you. And it's usually a mistake by you, not your opponent. Let me repeat again, watching documentaries, YouTube videos, if you're playing someone equal to you in chess, Denver versus the Raiders, pretty equal, right, rosters, Raiders are a better team, and you're playing a game of chess, and someone makes a bad move, and you're able to win that chess match, you can blame that victory or take credit, not by your genius, but by the team that you're competing against, or the opponent in chess making a move that blew up and you won. Now, the Raiders here, as I've talked about the blockade theory that I have, it's not a theory of Mark Davis or John Gruden. It's just JT talking on the radio, bloviating. My belief is there could be a move to block Aaron Rodgers to go to Denver. That would mean that the Raiders would have to block the move by signing Aaron Rodgers in free agency and trying to get him. That would be the move there. Or what's the other move that could happen here? The other move that could happen is that the Raiders do so many great moves in the offseason, it doesn't matter that Aaron Rodgers is there. But I don't believe that because I believe if Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver because Nathaniel Hackett went to Denver because the Broncos were smart enough to get Hackett to go get Aaron Rodgers, man, that's a hell of a tough chess match to come back and win. You got to go beat Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers when the schedule gets printed out on all those magnets you put on the refrigerator. And then you look at the rest of the schedule and it's pretty damn tough. So I want to know from the Raider Nation today, not about the coaches. We have no information on the coaches. None. Zero. We have no information on the GM, which is kind of good for me because I don't have to sit here and outsmart you. You know as much as I do. We know the names that you would think would be very interesting in regards to Ziegler and Todd and who could be the GM and who's connected to who. Who's connected to who along the way. And and we know that uh, Josh McDaniels, and Gerard Mayo have ties to Ziegler if he becomes the GM. We know if it's Dodd from Indianapolis, he has connections with the Raiders and some other coaches. So we're trying to figure out, we're trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But I got I to gotta stop today and have an emergency session with the Raiders on the hiring of what's going on with the Denver Broncos. Because that's good radio, and that's responsible flagship radio if you're doing it right. You got to stop and pivot, and you got to say, oh my God, what just happened in our division? What happened in our division that would keep our listeners locked into the shows with a sense of urgency and get their opinions out of them? So I told you this was coming for days, right? Me. I told you that Denver's going after Aaron Rodgers. And I said the way they would do it first is by going and getting Nathaniel Hackett, and they did today. So if you don't think that's a big deal, great. I don't think it's the end of the world. I don't think it's the end of the world, but I think it's alarming, and I think it's worthy of a discussion on Raider Nation Radio today. And then, you know, look, if Jim Harbaugh says he's staying in Michigan and he's not interested in the Raiders, we'll do a show on that. If someone like Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter say, hey, Jim Harbaugh could be interested, he's flying to Vegas, we'll have an emergency, we'll bring in the fire trucks, and we'll do that on the show. But all I got today is Denver. And fortunately for the Raiders, they have been able to fire the Denver coach, beat the Denver Broncos in back-to-back years with the sweep. 
solely because Denver didn't have a quarterback. Right? That's the that's the issue. They had great players, better secondary than the Raiders, arguably better receivers than the Raiders. That's arguable. But they didn't have a better coach. Rich Basaccia swept Vic Fangio. Way to go, Rich. And the quarterback, Derek Carr, is a lot better than whoever they trotted out for the Denver Broncos. That would not be the case with Aaron Rodgers. And if you think that's not, you're nuts. If you don't agree with that, then you're nuts. If you think Derek Carr is Aaron Rodgers, you're nuts. Derek Carr is very good. We can go to battle with him and win a Super Bowl. I've never, ever moved on from that topic. But having to go through Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes is daunting. That is daunting to anyone, and you know that. So that's what we're opening up the show with. Mike North, the great. Oh, speaking of another hire, the Chicago Bears made a hire. Let's go back to Ian Rappaport earlier today when he broke the news on NFL Network. Matt Eberflus is the new head coach of the Chicago Bears. I'm told that deal is done, has not yet officially been announced, but it is happening. And for, you know, the Chicago Bears, I mean, this was someone who emerged pretty quickly as a very, very strong candidate. And it's not just because Bill Polian and his ties to the Colts and, and Polian pushing Eberflus. Yes, I would say maybe that initially got him on the list, but his interview was really good and it was immediately decided that he was going to be a finalist just based on how dynamic he was in the interview, his sort of innovative thoughts on team building and the kind of teacher that he is. Plus, as you know, I mean, this is a, a Indianapolis Colts defense that has been nasty for the last several years and this has been the guy pulling the strings. I and mean, we've seen countless times where Darius Leonard rears back, punches the ball out, creates a turnover. Well, that was basically created in Chicago thanks to Peanut Tillman. So now the guy who took it to Indianapolis is actually going to be the Chicago Bears head coach and probably bringing the peanut punch back to Chicago. Either way, the Bears had two hires to make, general manager and head coach, and they have now made them. Eberflus is the head coach of the Bears. I don't think anybody on the Raiders is shaking in their shoes for that, but we don't know. Could he be the next Sean McVay? Could he be the next great coach in this league? We do not know. But the point is, and to make this point, is that there were two coaching hires today. And it looks like the Giants are really close, or Miami with Brian Dayball. They want him. But both of those coaches are in play here. And I like what the Raiders are doing. I think Mark Davis, you know, there was a point my friend Mark Davis for many years couldn't win in Oakland. Whatever he did when he took over for his dad who passed away, Raider fans just couldn't wrap their head around it. And then you add on a stadium and a relocation, it was very tough. But Mark has moved this team to Las Vegas. He hasn't had a losing season. They made the playoffs under adverse situations this year. Henry Ruggs, as we know, Arnett, the issues surrounding a lot of things that happen off the field. And now he's running a very thorough search inside the building for a GM and a head coach. I believe most Raider fans appreciate that. I, I, you know, I'm only hosting the show two hours a day. I'm not hearing Raider fans line up screaming that it's taking too long. I haven't heard anybody say, man, this is taking too long. Oh, my God, Mark Davis is going to miss out on Eberfluss, whoever this guy is in Chicago. Or if Mark Davis missed out on going after Nathaniel Hackett. Oh, my God, how did this fall apart? I'm not hearing any of that because the Raiders are trying to do it the way they didn't expect to do it. John Gruden was hired to be here for 10 years. And if he won, maybe a contract extension to 12 to 13. And then what happened with the, the emails released or, or hacked or however you want to say it with the Washington football team, his resignation, now football operations is forced to change 
because you don't have John Gruden making the biggest decisions anymore. Someone I was very uncomfortable making those decisions. He had the playbook. He, he wanted to recruit. He loved Vegas. He kept telling us how he's, gonna, he's got these players who want to play here. A lot of that was true. Players want to come here. And what's happening now, which is really cool, is you're hearing around the league, everybody's saying that the Raider organization is a place where they'd like to go. No state taxes, new facility, new stadium, Derek Carr, Mad Max Crosby, Hunter Renfro. It's a good job. It's a 10-win job. And if you stay with Rich Basaccia, I know a lot of people, including me, have a lot of confidence in Coach Rich, as Eric Allen would say, to keep this thing moving and be better. But I think the concern about Aaron Rodgers going to Denver is big. And I'm not a, a pot stirrer. I don't come in here every day going, man, I, I, I don't know how to do a show. How do, how do I get people interested stir the pot with Aaron Rodgers? I've been telling you this from day one. This has been the plan in Denver. And we should be not alarmed but concerned if that pace is moving faster. Fortunately, Aaron Rodgers has such an ego that he's not going to make a decision anytime soon, I don't think. I don't think in two weeks the Green Bay Packers and Denver are going to agree on the trade for Aaron Rodgers after Green Bay told Aaron Rodgers he can get out of his deal after the season that just passed. So I think it's a huge offseason topic along with Deshaun Watson and along with Russell Wilson. This would remind me the same thing as if Russell Wilson's coach or mentor left Seattle to become the head coach in New Orleans, say, I'd be sitting here today saying, Russell Wilson's going to New Orleans. I can't do that. Chris in West Oakland, always nice when you can start us off up in Oakland. What's happening, Chris? Hey, JT, how you doing? Yeah, you know, this is really interesting. I mean, it's kind of interesting you use this analogy. You know, it's scenario number one, you know, Rogers going to, to, to Denver. If there's any chance at all, you know, you can't let that happen. Now, Everything I've read and heard, Rogers doesn't. He's not going back to Green Bay. He's he's not really happy with Lafleur or Hackett. You know, all this talk that going to going to Hackett going to Denver might bring bring Rogers. It might have the opposite effect. Maybe maybe because of that, he won't want to go to Denver. I still think. And the thing is, with his contract, it's an either or situation. He will either go back to Green Bay or he will opt out and become a free agent. So there won't be any trades or nothing to be had. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I think Minnesota's a great option, kind of like Favre. You can come back and screw the Packers uh, Packers twice a year with a team that's loaded without a quarterback, basically, a Super Bowl-type quarterback. Mm-hmm. Minnesota lost six games on the last play of the game this year. You don't think Aaron Rodgers, with them, they're probably not the number one or two seed in the playoffs? That being said, let's flip over to the Derek Carr side of the equation. I've been staunch a supporter of Derek Carr. I think Carr is a lot like Matthew Stafford. If he went to a team that was loaded like that, I think he'd be doing the same thing. And I've mm-hmm. always been consistent in saying, you don't get rid of Derek Carr unless you can improve the, the position. And the guys that are better than Derek Carr are not available. Well, this year, JT, there's a couple of those guys available, and Aaron Rodgers is one of them. And if you got a chance to get Aaron Rodgers, who can probably give you at least four more solid years at the rate of football he's playing, you got to make every you got to make every effort you can. You could probably unload Carr for a first round, like Indian. Chicago, they draft young, but you get what I'm saying. However, they cannot let this team let let Aaron Rodgers go to a divisional foe. And as good as I think Derek Carr is, he probably becomes the worst quarterback in the division. Pretty tough to win in the division that way. So, if they have a chance and Rodgers opts out, the Raiders need to go all in on this guy. 
send Derek Carr to a place where he can win and get something in return, and it could be a win-win situation for everybody. But I'm with you a thousand percent. I think Rodgers' ego is so great. It's a lot like Favre. He could, he might let people privately know what he's doing. This guy ain't gonna make a decision till damn near summertime. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, and I agree with you on that. I think the Rodgers will play this out as long as he can. But there's a lot of pieces moving in regards to general managers and coaches getting hired and. In Denver, the new the new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, if he takes over there and he thinks he can get Aaron Rodgers, they might as well move on that as quick as they can to get him in the building and try to get him in place And for the offseason. You're not around much in the offseason anyway, but they don't want to wait to the point where the ego of Aaron Rodgers could change his mind. And look, if Derek is the ranked fourth in the AFC West, but he's still throwing for 5,000 yards, and he could have 30 touchdowns in the completions, and he's a little bit behind Aaron Rodgers and Mahomes, that's good enough for the Raiders to win a Super Bowl. Fortunately, the Raiders have leverage. They have Carr, who's a very, very good quarterback, in, in a league now where everybody's desperate to get an elite quarterback. And there's not many. There's only a handful of elite quarterbacks, and as Chris said, most of them are tied up. Most of them are tied up for a while. They're under contract. They're not going anywhere. They could be franchise tagged. But Aaron Rodgers is on the move because Aaron Rodgers can't beat Jimmy Garoppolo. There's no more. There's no reason to bring him back anymore. He can't beat Jimmy Garoppolo. And this is multiple times now. And he's a one seed. Couldn't beat Eli Manning when he was a one seed. So Rodgers has failed in Green Bay a bunch. There's a Super Bowl ring there, no doubt about it. But he has failed in Green Bay because he's 7-9 and nine since the Super Bowl in the playoffs. And a lot of quarterbacks don't last that long with that record in the postseason, unless they're an MVP. Tom Brady doesn't put up those numbers in the postseason. Tom Brady's not 7-9. and nine. You know, he doesn't have a subpar record since he's left New England. Aaron Rodgers, he's not on the decline, but he's on the decline in winning playoff games in the NFC. And I think the AFC West and the NFC West are the two toughest divisions in football. As I wrap up the monologue, let me, let me remind everybody, everybody would like the easy way out in life. Everybody. We'd all like to show up and have massive ratings and 35 clients on the radio and just turn on the machine every day and do radio and go home. You got to work in life. You got to wor- work to be better. And what happens now with football teams is everybody's tracking down the best. The scary part about the last two weeks in football is that NFL executives, head coaches, and quarterbacks are saying, oh, crap, our team isn't as good, and we don't have a player like Joe Burrow. We don't have Mahomes. We don't have Josh Allen. How are we going to win eventually? And that's what's sprinkled around this league now. You can move any young 35-year-old GM from assistant GM, assistant player personnel, and give him a GM title. But if he's got Daniel Jones at quarterback when the Giants could have drafted Josh Allen and took Saquon Barkley, it changes everything. The Raiders are on the cusp of making some big decisions. We're behind those decisions. They're making them, they're taking their time, and hopefully their plan falls perfectly into place. The only thing I wanted to open up the show was two things. Remind you that Denver hired a head coach. We're in the AFC West. And now the dominoes are starting to fall. So if you want to take your time with the GM or a coach, keep an eye on the timeline. Because once a couple of coaches get hired, you go from none to two 
to four to six in a matter of days. It's like those chairs on the on the deck ship of the Titanic. You want to get your chair. You want to make sure you got your guy before he gets picked off by another team. That's what they're thinking about in Jacksonville today. That's what they're thinking about with the Giants. They're thinking about it in Houston, all around the league. 702-365-9200 is the number. Hall of Famer Willie Rofe. We had a Hall of Famer yesterday in Warren Moon. Uh, I believe Mike North is going to join us, the great radio host from Chicago on gambling because we're adding uh, some of the prognosticators in. And broadcaster Solomon Wilcox will join us. He's had a great career as a broadcaster and very sharp on these NFL coaching vacancies. I'm JT, and I'm excited to be on the radio. I have kids now, too, you know, and I care about them a lot as well. And, uh, you know, they've been my biggest supporters. My wife is my biggest supporter. You know, it pains her to see me get hit out there. And, um, you know, she deserves what she needs from me as a husband. And my kids deserve what they need from me as a dad. You know, I'm going to spend some time with them and give them what they need because they've really been giving me what I need the last six months to do what I love to do. And, you know, I said this a few years ago, it's, what relationships are all about it's not always what i want it's what we want as a family and uh you know i'm gonna spend a lot of time with them and and then uh you know figure out in the future what's what's next that's tom brady jt back with you we're brought to you by anytiresplus.com buy any new set of tires from any tires plus and receive complimentary two-year road hazard warranty don't overpay for your next state-required smog check. At Any Tires Plus, you get your state-required smog check for only $14.95. I would know this because my wife did it. We've got a bunch of cars, kids in college. Every time I look at my wife, she tells me we got to get a smog. I say go to anytiresplus.com. You don't overpay for that. It was a great experience, conveniently located at the corner of Boulder Highway and Lake Mead. Visit us on the web at AnyTiresPlus.com. Frank and his team are the best proud partners of our show. So we just played Tom Brady and what is he going to do next. I don't believe in the wife card with him. He's got a Brazilian swimsuit model who still makes upwards to $40 million a year and has never had to go to the ATM machine. Uh, They have a chance to be billionaires as a couple. So when he says, well, my wife wants me around, she doesn't want to get me hit, give me a break. The guy doesn't get hit. The ball comes out quickly, and Tom Brady doesn't get hit much. And when he does get hit, there's usually a flag behind it. But Brady has got to make a decision. I always wonder how a quarterback wants to end his career or legacy. I was at the Super Bowl that John Elway won his second one, and he walked away that way. Most people cannot do that. Most people want to come back, the endorphins, the excitement, the money. right? Michael Jordan stepped away from the game multiple times, came back, could not sit anymore, went to the Washington Wizards. It didn't work out. Has that hurt Michael Jordan's brand? Do you think that's hurt sneaker sales or him buying private golf courses? It had zero effect on it. He went to a really bad organization, a bad team, because he still was hungry to play. Aaron Rodgers is really unique to me because he needs the media attention now. He was never that guy. Remember, when Rodgers started his career, he was the backup to Brett Favre. Brett Favre didn't even talk to him. 
Brett Favre said, my job isn't to get him ready. And Aaron Rodgers sat even longer than Steve Young. And if you read Steve Young's book, you should. It's brilliant. About how Steve Young wouldn't even cash his game checks when he wasn't playing. He just put him in a drawer in a room he rented. And one day they found these checks in the drawer and he said, look, I'm not playing. I don't deserve this money. He wasn't even cashing his checks to be a backup quarterback. These quarterbacks are wired differently. Steve Young and Aaron Rodgers got their chance to play after waiting a long time, and they became Hall of Famers. So for Aaron Rodgers, a big decision needs to be made, AFC West or somewhere else. I think he'll be most comfortable in the AFC West. He'll be comfortable with Denver, really good team, great place to live. He could be very comfortable there, but it'll be very difficult for him to win because he's got to go through Mahomes first. And then the rest of the division, the Raiders are a 10-win team, and we know the Chargers are coming. If he stays in the NFC North and goes to Minnesota, Favre did that. And that's how you really piss off Packer fans. You can piss off Raider fans if you want to go to the Chiefs and play. And you can piss off Packer fans if you do the same thing Favre done, uh, did. So I don't think that Aaron Rodgers wants to stay in the freezing bitter cold and move to Minneapolis for three years to do what? To take the Vikings to what? I don't, I don't think that's his deal. And I don't think that Aaron Rodgers wants to go to the Giants. It's a rebuild. Washington is kind of a rebuild. Miami now becomes very intriguing. Miami now becomes very intriguing. Weather, lifestyle, media, team's very good. Las Vegas is in play, potentially, because Vegas is the entertainment capital of the world. So if you're hungry for media, if you're passionate about getting your name in the news, Vegas has entered that space in a big way. And Aaron Rodgers would be perfect in Los Angeles now, perfect. But they have Matthew Stafford and Justin Herbert. They don't even want him. So he's running out of some easy decisions here. Look, all things being equal, everyone would say do whatever you can to see if Rodgers is interested in the Raiders instead of Denver. That would be prudent. But it's not that simple to me. Derek wants to play in Vegas, and he'll play for a certain price. He wants to win here. He's a Raider. He has business here. I don't know if Rodgers wants to be in Vegas or not. He just doesn't want to be in Green Bay. And he'll probably command $50 million per year, et cetera. He, as great of a talent as he is, he's, going to, he's not looking to take discounts. And there are other factors to address as well. Four of the top ten quarterbacks all in the AFC West, that'd be pretty crazy. How do you put a positive spin on that? The only positive spin would be Allegiant Stadium is going to get front row seats to some of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I did two years ago when Rivers, Drew Brees, Brady, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert all played in Vegas, but there were no fans. And I was in the building for that. And that is something that will never happen again. So interesting times with quarterbacks in the NFL. And quarterbacks are really what gets everybody talking. We all talk about quarterbacks. And we talk about LeBron and the best players in the NBA. And the best players in hockey, which is a great topic here in Vegas. Around the world, they talk about Ronaldo and Messi. In the United States, we talk about quarterbacks. And there's a lot of quarterback news pending. Mike North will join us from Chicago. We'll pick some games heading into the championship weekend right here on Raider Nation Radio. They made big plays on us. And... Um... Both sides of the ball. They, they were able to slow us down. 
and then pick it up on the offensive, their offensive side. And, you know, we've got to do a better job all the way around. Uh, special teams include. We, we, every phase can be better. They beat us. I mean, they, it wasn't a fluke. I mean, they beat us. So they're a good football team. And it's important that we have a great week of preparation here. And that's one reason why the urgency level was there even yesterday once the game was get, get busy. Andy Reid on the struggles against Cincinnati this year. Andy Reid was beat. There was nothing he could do. Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill looked around at Mahomes and said, hey, if these guys aren't going to guard us with 13 seconds, dump it underneath and we'll get you in field goal range. Great segue to Mike North, one of the most successful sports talk hosts of all time, based in Chicago. And, Mike, that those 13 seconds that Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and, and especially the tight end Kelsey used to get in field goal range, was that the biggest choke job you've ever seen by a defense or just a great play by an offense coming together at the right time? You know what? First of all, good to talk to you, JT, and everybody out there in Vegas. But i got to tell you something. You know, they say it's a body of work that's going to get you where you got to go. If I saw what I saw, uh, you give Kelsey 15-yard cushion, okay, with 13 seconds left. Leslie Frazier damage uh, in the last minute of of this game uh, than he did in his career previously, no matter how you look at him. Uh, I know that he's been bandied about as a head coach, but you know what? It was a, a bad impression. They played loose defense. They played prevent defense, uh, and, 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 and it cost them at the end. Uh, you know what? It was 17-1. to 1. If people jumped on it, that Kansas City would win with 13 seconds left, that they'd end up winning the game eventually. And uh, some people cashed in on that. Yeah, that took, that took a lot of balls to do that. Mike, you we've talked. You covered the 85 Bears. Can you imagine yeah. Otis Wilson, Singletary, giving guys 20 yards cushion? Can you imagine those linebackers lining up? there On that Tyreek Hill 64-yard touchdown, he caught the oh. ball underneath, Mike, and there were linebackers who had their back to him. They were running yeah. with other players, and I'm like, I've never, seen a, I've never seen a defensive breakdown like that in my life. First of all, Buddy Ryan said, if, you're, if I'm going to rush forward, you guys can't get there, I'm bringing five. If, if, if you can't get them with five, we're going six. He didn't care if there was one guy back there covering four guys. I'm not kidding. But uh, he had great, great uh, seven, front seven. And uh, that would have never happened with that team. Uh, they would have never given Mahomes the chance. They would have hunted Mahomes down. Uh, you know, guys like Rodgers and Mahomes, at least for a couple of years, uh, those guys wouldn't have lasted in the mm-hmm. 80s and 90s just being able to run wherever they want. And then the nonsense where they look like they're going to run out of bounds and then uh, they'll take an extra five, you know, they'll fake the defenders out. Mm-hmm. That would have been a bad thing to happen because the Bears would have uh, dished out punishment. And the older the Raiders and teams like that wouldn't have gone for that, but it's a different game now. Mike North is our guest. So, Mike, uh, you're the voice of Chicago. What do you think about the new head coach that no one's ever heard of and the new GM who came up through the system? Is this going over well in your town where the media is tough and the fans are even tougher? Well, I think the media is soft and, and, and the fans are meatballs, 75% of them. And, and, you know, they're making comments on this guy. They don't even know how to pronounce his name. I don't know if it's Everflus. I don't know if it's Everflus. I don't, nobody even knows who the guy is. But I, I tell people all the time. I didn't know who Sean McVay was. I didn't know who Sean McDermott was. You know, I didn't know who LaFleur was. I'm not one of those guys 
that's like a rain man that knows the assistant coaching staffs of everybody in the league. I know who Shanahan is, guys that are bandied about. So, you know, hope springs eternal. But here's what I think happened, Jay. I think uh, Fields is going to be a bust. I think he's going to be serviceable as best at best. And Bear fans and, and the Bear media expected the Bears to hire an offensive coach to develop Fields. I think the Bears finally did it the right way. No, hire a coach, okay, to coach the other 52 guys and then bring in an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. But they didn't want to bring an offensive coach in because the Fields didn't pan out. The taint would go on him immediately. Absolutely. I like this hire, and I think that, uh, you know what, hopefully we'll see. It's refreshing not to know what a guy's going to do. I knew Nagy was going to be a bust. I knew Cutler was going to be a bust. I even knew Wanstatt was going to be a bust back in the day. This guy, I'm not sure of, but he's the first coach in the modern era, in the, in the, in the game of football that we know, that in his last game, okay, uh, he's the last coach in history to lose his final game as a defensive coordinator to the worst team in the league and then get hired as a head coach. That's a great point. Mike North, one of the legends in sports radio history. All right, Mike, I've been talking a lot to handicappers, as you know, gamblers being mm-hmm. out here. I've been talking mm-hmm. to you for 20 years. How hard is it to win betting football this year? We've seen insanity. I talked to Bill Krakenberger. He likes totals. He doesn't like, you know, picking a side. I talked to individuals like you. You're sharp with your money and mm-hmm. your bankroll. You pick spots. This year, what was your big takeaway? We still have the conference championship games and the Super Bowl, but from the circa millions to these knockout contests, what do you hear on the ground on how difficult of a year it was for the betters out there who just want to partake and get into this because every state is now becoming full legal to bet on sports. Well, I think that uh, Mom Pa, who used to save up for the washer and dryer, are now taking it to the sports book. <laughs> And getting their brains beat in, to be honest with you. But the public did win some this this year. I will tell you this. I think COVID has changed everything. I mean, there was there's there guys pulled out of games two hours before before the game's going to start. I had a winning year, but I did not have the year that I had the year before because uh, I lost some close games. You need some luck, uh, and you need some you need some breaks. Uh, sometimes the breaks go your way. Sometimes they don't. That being said, most of the public who can't wait, like in Louisiana, that's going to open their sports books, I think, mm-hmm. tomorrow, they will not be able to buy that next car a year from now or, or buy that refrigerator they were planning on because they thought they were going to the sports book to conquer. I lost for 40 years. I've won the last seven. Okay, because I turned it into a business and I actually put time and effort in five, six hours a day into it, which I do now. So uh, I'll give you last week is a perfect example. I know a guy that had the Titans in Tampa Bay. Okay, he thought he was going to uh, win the Titan game. He thought he had no shot for the Tampa Bay game. And instead, at the end, he had he had a shot at the Tampa Bay game, but he lost them both. So it has been a very tough year when you're leading rusher. And, you know, we go way back. This would have been unheard of. The leading rusher in the National Football League last week, folks, was Patrick Mahomes with 69 yards, and he was also your leading passer in yards. That's unheard of, 69 yards in playoff football usually uh, at this level. 
Hey, Mike, you know, I live in Vegas. I've seen you out here. Some people wait for that check from the government. They got it in the slots before oh, dinner. Yeah. And they're going to dinner early out here, Mike. They're going, not like Florida. They're, going, they're getting that check. They're cashing it at the cage. They're sitting at the slot machine. They want oh, the yeah. action. Oh, they want the action. You know, this 1-800-PLEASE, you know, if you need help, nobody's going to call, you know. And it's too late <laughs> by the time they do call. So you treat it like a business. Uh, if you don't have the money to do it, okay, put yourself, yeah, bet $10, bet 15 bet 20 It's about winning first because you can't collect unless you win. So make sure you handicap right. Get yourself a little business plan. Don't go over your skis because, believe me, we've all been there. The last thing you need to do is go to the wife and tell her you need to pull out five dimes out of the bank because you lost to JoJo, <laughs> you know? See you, Mike. Good to talk to you, buddy. Talk to you real soon. God bless you. I love you, man. Bye. You got a Mike North in Chicago. Bet with your wallet, not with your head. Uh, Mike on the Chicago side, very interesting point he said there. So Mike's been there. He's the icon, most famous sports talk host, maybe easily in the history of Chicago. He's the first sports talk host ever to make a million dollars, million dollars a year. And he did that a long time ago. And he mentored me when I started in the business, and we became good friends, and I continue to have him on the show because he's a great guest. But he nailed that with Chicago. He thinks Justin Fields is going to be a bust. I I wouldn't go there. When Justin Fields played here in Vegas and beat the Raiders, I wanted to pull my hair out at that game. That game really bothered me. One game at Allegiant Stadium this year really pissed me off. It was the Bears game because there were too many Bears fans there. Justin Fields didn't play well. They, I don't even think they had the intention of winning that game. I mean, they say they wanted to win, but the Raiders did nothing to beat them in that game. That's when it looked like the wheels were coming off and showed you what a great job Basaccia did on the back end because that Bears game with the Gruden announcement, everything that was happening around that time was a really tough time. But I don't think Justin Fields is a bust. I like his size and strength. But you should just have one good quarterback coach, one great offensive mind to work with your quarterback. Derek's had a number of them. Uh, Derek's had a number of offensive minds sitting down with them, and all of them have a tremendous amount of experience. So Derek's had a lot of knowledge, and he comes from a quarterback family because his brother was an NFL quarterback, a number one pick, and Derek was a little boy at that point, hanging around with Bob McNair, the owner of the Texans, going to NFL games, being with his brother, being in meetings when he got older, Fresno State with some sharp coaches, Derek's got a tremendous amount of experience at the quarterback position. Man, he has a lot. Uh, Let me get out to Geach in Vegas. Geach, let me get you up here. Thanks for holding through the interview. Geach, are you there? Bobby told me you were there. Yes, sir. First time long. First time caller, long time listener. I remember you wanting to smack off back in the day. I do, too. uh, Thank you for that. I just wanted to touch on a few subjects real quick, man. I'm going to be real quick, and I'm going to listen to your thoughts off off, off the air. First of all, Aaron Rodgers, I don't don't think he's going to stay in Green Bay, but I think he's tired of the North. I think he's coming to the AFC. Maybe not even Mm -hmm. AFC West, but AFC period, but more than likely AFC West. I I really think we should keep – Coach uh, Basaccia, I know you don't like to talk about, you know, you ride with the current coach. I get it. And I do, too. I like Rich Basaccia. I think we should keep him in any way, shape, or fashion that we can. I hope that he's interested in any type of job with the Raiders. And I don't want to give up Derek Carr. I used, to be, I used to be critical of Carr, but one thing I've learned about Derek Carr is, is loyalty. That type, 
You don't pass up on that type of player. The player that wants to play and win with your organization, ride with him. Ride with the one you came with. You know what I mean? And lastly, I just want to say on this overtime thing, why don't they just play an extra quarter? Instead of who it's gets too the much. Point. No, 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 no. That, that's too much. And your phone call was good. They're telling me I got to get out. Top of the hour. I appreciate it. Again, that's a really nice phone call about Derek Carr and the loyalty that he has. I agree with you. He's one hell of a loyal player to this organization and has been through a lot. You can't play another quarter of football. It's too much for injury. You can't ask men to play four quarters and ask them to play a fifth. It's too much wear and tear on their shoulders, knees by week seven. Now we got a 17-week, and you want every overtime game to go an extra quarter? No. I'm cool with a college form of overtime. Everybody gets a possession. I'm all right with that. But if your defense can't stop anybody because of a coin toss, you don't deserve to win the game.